Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage next to a snoring dog. He's starting to ride out the gate. He's actually dying. During Bagel's countdown, <laughs> I, I heard him yeah, starting no, to so stop snoring. That means he's dead. <laughs> and of course, we are here in sunny Santa Cruz. Oh, so sunny. But as Paul learned today, it's not always sunny. Oh. But we'll get to that. We, we dun, go through dun, dun, all the seasons here every day. We try and tell people, we go through all the seasons. Was it foggy here today? Oh, yeah. it was cool. Was it? Yeah. it was nasty winter. I was down the coast. I was in Salinas, in, just inland a little bit. It was it was super warm in the sun. I like had my shirt off at like 7 in the morning, like, <laughs> sitting in the sun just chilling. Yeah. But then as soon as you got to the coast, it was like, what the fuck, 56 yeah. degrees or yeah, something and foggy. Paul's yeah. yeah. probably like, y'all don't know what winter is. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean, we we, the only Thankfully. season that we don't really get here is the brutal Siberian, like, send you to the gulag winters you know right? so. <laughs> so hey everyone this is liza and the train goes choo-choo yeah okay <laughs> next to me is a knock he's a real sumo rider what you back that ass in oh my god <laughs> boy you look good what you back that ass in Damn. knock you turned me on so much <laughs> knock you're hot as fuck bro yeah. oh man running the board tonight we've got bagel too many mcs not enough mics <laughs> Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I like it. On the couch tonight, we've got Paul. I don't even rhyme. I just run. <laughs> <laughs> you choke. You choke. He Forever choke. Get a long ride. Give him a break. Uh, I don't even rhyme. I just whine really fast. <laughs> okay. Okay. But you look good on the pretty girl couch. <laughs> also on the couch tonight, we've got Racer Johnny. hey yeah, but Howdy. hey, that was with enthusiasm. What I love about him, he's covered in sand. That's what <laughs> <laughs> I know. Over on the train side of the room, we've got Henry. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> You've been sitting there holding that beer, waiting, haven't you? I, just, I have. <laughs> Crack this open right now. Come on. <laughs> on the other side of the room for me is Naked Jim. Uh, there, <laughs> there's art. There was a young the lady door. from Morton. Who had one long tit and a shorten. <laughs> On top of all that, a big hairy twat and a fart like a 650 Norton. <laughs> so that came from my Scottish cousin who oh lives in God. Great Britain. And he's a fan of the podcast, so oh. he sent that along. That's a good one. 650 Norton. Liza's already like, fuck. No, this. I just, I, I look at the clock and we're just a couple minutes in. It's already a shit show. Already off the rails. <laughs> already off the rails. So it's perfect. All right. So uh, let's... um. Let's cover. Let's talk about what we did today, this weekend. There, there was some shit done. Um, let's see. I did a ride yesterday up to Auburn. Nice. And uh, I'm, we're not going to reveal who, but I, I teased last week that we had we were doing an interview and we did it, and it was really awesome. And one of the funny things is that um, the place we were going to do the interview <clears throat> was an, in an airport hangar. And we could not find this hangar. Like, <laughs> there are all these buildings. And he gave us the number of the building. And the buildings were in no order whatsoever. <laughs> and the number was 15370. It wasn't even like one, two, three. No. And the airport, you know, an airport is like blocks long. And all these buildings and industrial area were all spread out. And the, the streets were even zigzag. And we were like... 
I'm on the bike and Emma and um, Michael are in the truck and I'm like cutting through yards and stuff and like because <laughs> we're late we're late we can't be late Jeez. couldn't find it we finally I got some directions we had to get onto the runway and go down the runway to these buildings at the other end I got there and I'm waiting for Michael and Emma who didn't show up and she's like we had a queue behind an airplane <laughs> and I know I I know how much you love a, that a kind of stuff. A live runway. Wow. Yeah, God damn. That's so up your We're alley. Like, should we be here? Are you, are you instrument rated on that motorcycle, man? <laughs> <laughs> I I should have recreated the the whole Top Gun. Thing I'm surprised you didn't start directing traffic. Like, get out with a cone, <laughs> little flashlights, boss some people around. Liza likes to live in the danger zone. I tell you what. <laughs> that was my excitement riding on a, a live runway. Wow. <laughs> yesterday. That's pretty good excitement. And you, you really. I fucking should have gone. You have to look left, <laughs> right, and up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Three dimensional. Exactly. Was the plane turning left on you? I didn't see you, huh? <laughs> um, oh, but then I discovered a really cool place on the way home. So um, I was trying to meet my sister and her husband for dinner. And and I say, hey, I'm heading towards Oakland uh, from up, you know, Sacramento. I said, do you want to do dinner? She goes, oh, I can't. We're in Sacramento. Oh, well, hey, I'm like passing through right now, <laughs> which as a side note, they went to go buy a Toyota Tacoma. Good. It had 200,000 miles on Ooh. it. Why? And hmm. they paid 10 grand. What? But they're smart people. That's, well, I guess, what they're going for. Like, what, they look a half a million over. mile truck. Was, was it factory refurbished? I know. Jesus. No, I that's, know. that's I mean, the price of Tacomas nowadays. God, they're that good, here, 100,000 miles. Hey, I, that's okay with me. I got, a, I got a Tundra with 226,000 miles on it. Still so. yeah. running great, isn't it? Like a boss. Yep. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. So um, I discovered this place. She said, let's meet it. Hey, people, people are coming people. here. Hey. Have a seat. Somewhere. She said, uh, meet me at somewheres. Port Costa. Uh, hey, Cap, one of you has to go here, and one of you can go there, or one of you can go here. Here we go. Come on over. We got Cat and Justin joining us. Say hey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> Hang on one second. That was slight enthusiasm. That sounds so, great on the podcast. I went to a place called Port Costa. It's up... Um, <clears throat> east of San Francisco on the top of the bay shall we say and I've never heard of this place but you have to take a squirrely road down from the top of the mountain where the freeway is down to this little port town and there's a really badass biker bar restaurant thing there So uh, called what, the Warehouse Cafe what runway did you have to take for that one? <laughs> <laughs> 2B um, <laughs> and uh, I want to make that a destination it was really cool funky place lots of bikers and cool stuff Justin you got it? no I'm working on it <laughs> <laughs> the struggle um and then, uh, Knock, what'd you do this weekend? Uh, slept in a lot. <laughs> I actually hung out with my mom. How but I you? slept in a lot. How was your mom? She's doing well. All right. So, I guess we can, uh, well, we're, Paul, we're saving you your best for the last, but at least let's say that you did a nice ride this weekend. What did you do? Well, I started out at 10 o'clock in Snohomish, Washington, which is about 45 minutes north of Seattle. And I finished here in Santa Cruz uh, with a Jesus small Christ. detour into Stockton just to make sure that I could reach 1,000 miles. <laughs> and I stopped here about 8.30 this morning. Dude, you did an overnight iron butt. That's hard. 
Well, to be fair, I spent most of the day riding, and I got most of the miles in there. But I, I mean, if you're going to get a thousand miles in in 24 hours, you got to take the time when you can. And the roads were clear. The best advice mm. is to do the thousand miles in 16 hours. Ah, fuck that. There's not <laughs> 16, fuck that. There's not 16 hours of daylight this time of year. Yeah, right. So, uh, what are you riding, man? Oh, I'm on a, a 2011 V-Strom with ABS. Hey, that's and a good that's bike. Just that you had an interesting accessory on it when you pulled up. Oh, yeah. I, I actually got... Um, V-Strom 1000 or 650? It's the 650, the V-Strom. Nice, nice. oh, I, I actually... Okay, yeah, yeah. I, um, it's the better version. I had been planning on a different trip up until uh, a couple of days ago, and so I was planning on heading into rain. So um, I had on muffs that go over the bark busters on there. Mm, yeah, yeah. So I, I decided since it was raining when I left, I would just leave them on and then uh, about halfway through, I was going to take them off because it was hotter than heck in uh, southern Oregon during the day. But by the time I got into Mount Shasta, I was very glad to have them and uh, heated grips, let me tell you. Yeah, and, and I, Jim, I don't even think you've seen bike muffs, have you? Uh, I have because because well, it's an East Coast thing or north yeah. or the North. Jim sees all different kinds of muss. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> thing. yeah no comment. But um, well, I think well because I do ride through the winter time and and around here even though it doesn't get nearly as cold as it does where you guys are at or back east, it still gets cold and wet. So I'm always looking for sol- solutions to keep my hands warm and dry because like you know nothing worse than worse than showing up to work or wherever else soaking wet and freezing cold. Yeah, and you there's no to. there's no such thing as a waterproof glove either. There's there's no waterproof period and i guess we should describe for those who don't know what these muffs are it's basically like a giant oversized mitten that stays permanently attached to the grips so you just slide your hands into these (laughs) it's like a sock when we were Mm -hmm. i was gonna say it's like a condom for your handlebars you can say that. It's, it's, I don't it's, know what those look like. What are you I talking wouldn't, about? But it's a furry one, so I don't know how that would. Did you uh, yeah. <laughs> did you encounter any of the fire issues? There was actually uh, from Grants Pass all the way through and about Reading. Yeah, uh, it was really bad, and I was uh, uh, in Grants Pass about sunset, and uh, it was actually about an hour before sunset, but it, it was dark enough that people's headlights were coming on automatically on their cars, mm-hmm. and uh, it was dark dark and like you couldn't see as far as your headlights were going if you were at speed oh because of the soot and everything in yeah the it, it was raining at ash, ash oh, really? yeah. oh, wow. so it was it was not only like blocking out the sun but it was actually ash and shit and yeah wow you could take a look at my windshield and see and it, and also you got to remember that it ends up on your visor pro tip oh, yeah you want to check your filter yeah, you've got the time. Oh, good advice. Every winter, I go through my bike yeah. uh, and do the valves and everything, and yeah, that's definitely going to be on the list after that. Yeah. And the neighborhood watch system worked because at eight nineteen a.m. this morning, I got a message saying, "Yo, a dude just pulled up on his bike." <laughs> <laughs> Starting the day early today, boy. I tell you what. Yeah, it was kind of creepy. Before I could even finish hitting send on the email, she's walking up behind me, and I didn't realize it. <laughs> she's psychic. You didn't know her, but she's... Who are you? She's the psychic boy, you want. So, so, so Liza, were you, were you his end, ending witness? Well, technically, though, I haven't signed anything yet. And this is why I was uh, going to ask you, Bagel, somebody who did it recently. Mm-hmm. He kept his records loosely. So um, is he going to be able to fill everything out? So tell him what... Possibly. Paul, tell him what you did do okay. and see if they think they'll take it. So I started at uh, 9.59 in the morning. I was there with my wife at uh, at my house okay. and I took a picture of my Apple Watch in front of my odometer. Hmm. 
mm-hmm. and my wife in the background. And then I left from there and I went to my most northern point because to get out to I-5, I have to do a little bit of a jog north. Right. And I filled up on gas there and Good got call. a receipt. Yep. That's what you do. And then I went all the way south following five and the detour through Shasta. Yep. And every chance that I could get, I would, uh, that I got off of five to do whatever, I would Mm -hmm. try to get a receipt. Good call. However, during the Shasta part, there was nowhere I could stop for gas or anything. It's just, you know, 100 Mm -hmm. miles of nothing. Sure. And, but I'm, but I do have the Google map chart of that. Mm -hmm. And it is, I think it'd be widely known that it is a detour right now. And then when I got down to um, actually stop, and I stopped at Denny's for a coffee mm-hmm. and kept my receipt there and then headed over from there. So it was like the shortest route possible between all of those points. Yep. And at every gas stop, I just kept my receipt. Yep, that's what you hey, do. Hey, uh, Bagel, does a spot GPS count as a tracker? Um, or I, I've never used a spot. Mm. I, I don't know if it keeps a, a track of where you've been. If it does, you could use that because they will accept GPS tracks now. Okay. Um, and you could you could submit that along with your paperwork uh, or in, in lieu of the paperwork. I think I think they do require the gas receipts at least yeah. because you do have to stop. I think at least every three hundred miles or something like that, three hundred fifty miles. So, if but it sounds like you've got everything you need. Don't you just um, like print print out a map of your route? Yes, you do need to print out a map of your route and then fill out the showing. form that you you put out all your stops on. Yep, yep. You list all your stops on the mm-hmm. form. Uh, include copies of the receipts. Um, print out the map showing the stops, and then you have your witness statements for the start and the finish. Um, so that's uh, you because if you need a wit- witness statement, we got to print one out. Yeah. Yeah, and you can do that. Uh, the Iron Butt Association website has all the forms, so you yeah. can print that out. Uh, and if you sign it, uh, you know that's proof that you were. All we did is took a picture of me, my business card, and his odometer together. Yeah, and and you know you can submit pictures as and well. Watch. I I don't think they actually require or use those as as a determining factor. Okay. But as long as you have the paperwork filled out and you are swearing that you know this is true, that they're they're good with that. And one thing to to note uh, is that before I actually left, uh, I tried to go on and find the information to log in and everything but i was i only had my iphone with me while Ah. i was getting ready and it was hard to find out how to get in and do membership so i'd recommend if anybody's going to do it to do it on a computer it's one of those websites yeah that was a little tricky there's probably a way to do it i just couldn't figure it out yeah you do have to search a little bit on the the website to find all the, the information and forms but but it's there and uh but yeah you you did all the important stuff so it sounds like you're totally covered and should be good to go um and uh, just a matter of filling out all the paperwork and getting that sent in. Hey, I did a thousand miles. I'm, that's all I care about right now. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, that was the most important part is you knocked sure. out a thousand miles. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. How long did but, it take you? Well, I mean, it took me almost 24 hours. I did have a couple of breaks along the way. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that the people at the rest stop were wondering why there was a guy sleeping on a park bench. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. But yeah, they, I stopped. Been there, done that. I stopped during the time when uh, people were getting out of bars because it was a you know over the weekend. I am. And yeah. so I, at like one forty-five, I pulled in at the rest stop, and then I stayed there for over an hour. So I left just after three. That's a good call. Yeah, I didn't want the police. I didn't want the drunk drivers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you made yourself useful here today. Hmm. A little bit. You jumped right in. How, how was that? How, you got the misfit experience of helping people work on bikes. Yeah, it was great. Um, there was someone who was trying to bring back a bike that they rode 
many years ago and rode it for about eight months and you know how it is you let your bike sit for a while and there's a ton to do and sometimes the taking on like a little challenge to get yourself into it is one of the things that you have to do to to get your feet wet and emma had already been through a bunch of this bike and so the really big stuff was on order so today we did some of the stuff like replace some of the bent um handlebars we bled out the uh clutch uh, the levers oh yeah yeah, yeah the levers were the levers. replaced yeah not the handlebars thank you um and then the uh the uh the clutch system we used you know the motion pro valve bleeder valve that i have we used that on the clutch and it worked great those things are amazing that was awesome that's a must for every toolbox it's way better than the jar that's why i that's why i always put them in the patreon prize pack you're talking about that yamaha in the the final evolution Mm -hmm. of all sport bikes right the the what the final evolution beyond street fighter that 90s sport bike yes yeah. the one with all the expanded steel on it <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and welded on bits and yes. yeah welded on and self-tappered on and, yes he paul yeah. he didn't appreciate it when you started telling him about the dangers of his janky wiring and that the bike could catch on fire i've, I've seen three bikes i've seen three yeah. bikes catch on fire yeah. and my first ride was a 1948 willie's pickup truck and it caught on fire on me mm-hmm. and uh and i was also a volunteer firefighter for a couple of years and so i am here to tell you that the most common fire is a vehicle fire yep. and nobody ever keeps a fire extinguisher in their car or yep. their bike or anything like that and oh, so yeah. when you see a bike light up and it's arcing out the battery that you can't get to to disconnect <laughs> <laughs> then you're either going to have a fire extinguisher on hand yeah. or you're going to walk away is i've literally truly? only oh, you can prevent forest fires right. exactly <laughs> go ahead is it truly like a project bike if it doesn't light on fire while you're riding it <laughs> yeah, there <you> go. fair <laughs> question <laughs> Yeah, I've literally seen more car fires than house fires. That's how bad it is. Oh, yeah. yeah That's so. a statistic. Yeah. Yep. Well, I wanted to thank you. You got the full thing today. You got uh, breakfast down the wharf. You got to have a taco next door. You got to help people sit around, drink yep. beers, shoot the shit. Yep. And now you're here in the podcast. Which I got roped into, to be fair. Oh, come on. <laughs> Surprise, come on. bitch. That's how it always You're here now. <laughs> Nobody comes here willingly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kicking and screaming. The vague, there's vague consent here. The disappointment's mm-hmm. obvious on your face. And then, Henry, you had a new experience today. Wait, did I? You did. In the alleyway? <laughs> <laughs> The old Dutch rudder, eh? Oh. <laughs> ah, yes. Oh, that reminded him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, the hand, jo- the hand job in the alleyway really uh, really sparked the memory. No, yeah. I now, got to... Uh, now that you mention I think Dutch rudder is a great name for a Ural with a sidecar. <laughs> 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 so tell us about Russian the Dutch rudder you rode. <laughs> it's, it's really fucking. Uh, it's really fucking fun, is what I would say. Uh, so you, you rode uh, what's his name? Zero. Yeah, I rode How Howard's. Is, yeah. How hard? Somebody lent you a bike to ride after the. Oh no! It's, got, it's better than that. Ooh. Not only did I ride in the sidecar, but I got to ride it back on Westcliff oh, nice. with all the traffic and shit like that. And oh, it's with Howard know, in the sidecar. Yeah. Ah, that's great. <laughs> that's great. And you got you got manhandled that fucking bike. Holy shit! Yeah, oh, you yeah. do. It's a car. It's like a car essentially. It's a two track vehicle. Yeah, like you, like you know, I've heard like from the wheel nerds or something like that. You know, you have to have like upper body strength to really handle that fucking uh-huh. bike. But no, they're right. You gotta really manhandle the 
but I can put a lot of leverage on the bars when, mm-hmm. if you want to turn, basically. <laughs> In Soviet Russia, Ural manhandle you. <laughs> like, should you want to turn? Yeah. <laughs> so, and Kat, you had a, did you have a bit of success today? Oh, yeah. Because I know mm-hmm. it started out mm-hmm. with, I heard your bike, <laughs> and then it ended with, as we were in here, I heard, <laughs> yeah, what were you doing to that thing? It sounds great now. Uh, so uh, the Ninja 250 that I, I think the last update that I did on the podcast with the Ninja 250 was that I was trying to sell it. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. And so I tried to sell it for a while, and apparently nobody wants a Ninja 250, which... Do you know how many Ninja 250 project bikes are on Craigslist right now? There's too many. There's too fucking many. As a listener, could you like actually go through and describe to the other listeners what this bike looks like at the current point? Oh, yeah, I'll get there. Because I felt like there was a skateboard attached to it or something. (laughs) No, no, no. No, it's it's chill. Um, so I tried to sell it, couldn't sell it. It was a, actually like a pristine Ninja 250. All the plastics were intact. Everything was cherry. And then I decided I wanted a project bike, and I still had this <laughs> stupid fucking Ninja 250 that was sitting in my driveway, and I just never rode it, and it was getting soggier and soggier through the winter. And I decided to make that my project bike. Um I stripped all the plastics off to begin with um, because, I mean, that's what, that's what you do. And uh, chopped the rear subframe off um, down to the nubs <laughs> and uh, changed the, I guess, geometry of the rear end by cutting pie cuts out of the frame and welding it and lifting the That'll butt. do it. Um, which actually it was a two for one because I was going to have to weld bracers to mm-hmm. hold the rear end up, but the welds are strong enough to hold the rear end up without a bracer. So I have that big, nice big gap between the rear wheel and my ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's nothing in between it. Um, so the bike is actually, it looks really forward heavy and it is, um, there, n- no one, no one will ever wheelie this bike, um, but but everyone will stop it. Challenge accepted. <laughs> no, I've like I've wrenched on it. it. Your your whole mass is over the tank, and your your Dead body mass. is like slapped up against it. The seat is actually a passenger seat off another sport bike that I've cut down even more. Pillion. So you have yeah pillion. Uh, you have about like six inches of butt room on on the seat before it turns into you're off the seat and on the tire. Um, So I did all that and then I stripped off the headlights, all the indicator, like the dash. Um, I'm stripping it down to as minimum as possible. So I'm actually going to put a uh, a little box for electronic lighting. um, Oh, kind of like what Mike did? Kind of like what um, Zach did. On oh, the SV. Okay. Um, so it's it's just extremely minimal bare metal box with LED diodes set in for neutral indicator, low oil light, um, like a temperature trigger switch, and um, yeah, pretty much, and your high low beam switch. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do an ignition delete so that I can just Furiosa switch it on because I fucking hate keys. <laughs> I just lose them. Um but that's in the future. But I have done the frame, and I'm in the process of making a pan for the electronics. So there's the pan, but the sides aren't there. And I stripped the tank down to bare metal and painted it. 
So it's got this like silver and patina. Clear coated it. Yeah, clear coated it. Um, And did like lining on it with Brillo pads and sponges. Let's talk about what you did to it today because you ordered a you ordered a kit. I ordered a kit. Um, (laughs) I ordered a jet kit. That uh-huh. came with a drill. Oh, <laughs> oh here we go. Damn. What okay. is oh my God. So I ordered this jet kit, and to be fair, I've ordered from this company many times before, and their jet kits are always like dead tits on. Like they are perfect. Is it DynaJet? Um, yes. Okay. Um, so you basically email them. I use their mm. eBay forum and you email them you tell them the year make model of your bike your elevation um and any modifications you've done to the bike and they put together a jet kit for you Mm. that's custom and it also has custom instructions per your bike so it has like pictures of your carburetor and like everything that goes along with it which i really enjoy because i like pictures um (laughs) since since the the golden rule is don't drill out your carburetor what was the drill bit for Um, so i drilled out my carburetor um (laughs) um, it was Was actually for the uh, the plugs for the uh fuel air mixture plugs no it was actually for um where the diaphragm is there's the main hole for air and Mm -hmm. then there's a secondary hole Mm -hmm. for air um and i drilled out the secondary hole to make it bigger so that it could suck Oh, okay. So So it's not drilling out a jet. No, no, no. But it was drilling out the diaphragm receiver. Um, I don't know what that's actually called, but um, passageway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the yeah, I made the passageway. I'd say significantly larger, um, like by a factor of maybe like point five or point seven five. Its original size, and um, it. I I also rejetted, so they sent. Uh, two stage jets so you can start off with a smaller stage and go to a bigger stage if you need to and then pilots and then we cut the springs um, for oh really yeah so we cut them down one coil you can cut down one and then if you need more throttle response two okay wow um, so we cut down the springs one coil so it can retract further yeah I think it's less pressure <laughs> yeah right. um, okay. yeah so, so faster response yeah maybe. so okay we did that, and, and then the fucking thing wouldn't start. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to diddle it, and I'll tell you what, I'm the master diddler. Douglas, stand by. <laughs> I'm usurping you. <laughs> um, There's a lot to be said for the old diddle finger yeah, in a carburetor. You know what? Um, mm-hmm. So it was actually a diddle finger in the wiring harness. Oh, um, yeah. that too. Yeah, so there's, there's something funky going on in the wiring harness, but... Every time I tried to, <laughs> I'd get the bike running with the battery. I'd go to seat the battery where the battery belonged and the bike would die. <laughs> so like I sat there for a good 45 minutes peeling the wiring harness back. I didn't find any shorts. And then I just kind of like fucked with it a whole bunch and then shoved the battery in and it works just fine now. <laughs> so it so, sounded great when I was yeah, outside. You guys fired it yeah, up. It sounded good. How, how much of a difference is it? Now? It's it, it's night and day. So really? before the bike felt like a like a one twenty five maybe yeah. um, that was lethargic that maybe from the eighties. Um, I think it just wasn't coping well at all with the weight reduction and the uh, aftermarket pipes that are on it. Okay, so you said um, you, you clipped the springs on the on your uh, the diaphragm springs. Yeah. Yes, like a couple of coils. Okay. Just just one. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that made it stiffer then. Yeah. Oh, 
No, no, no. 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 The, the shorter no. springs means they're stiffer. Longer springs is more flexible. <clears throat> it's not how that works. No, no. it's it's no. there's there's physically no. less space that the, the spring has. So it'd be like taking preload away from the spring. Exactly, it's gonna jump up real quick. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I don't know about okay. that. My, my, I guess it works that way in a <laughs> carburetor. Every, every coil adds resistance, so you remove a coil, you remove a No, it doesn't work that way. The more coils you have, the more material you per, have. Per Therefore, length. per then it. As I said, if it's longer and you're shrinking it down, it's like preload, so it's right. not preloading now. I guess it's just So it's not compressing as much when it's loaded in. Uh, the physics of it doesn't sound like that, but it's, <laughs> it, I guess it's, I I mean, whatever. It. I mean, yeah, it works. It works, obviously. So, it doesn't matter at this point. But so, yeah. nice. so now it feels like a 250? It actually feels better than a 250, I think, okay. because I, sh- I, like, after I calculated it out, I think I shed about 35 pounds off of it. Nice. Um, maybe, maybe even 45. Um, I didn't actually weigh it out, but I looked at some other people's weigh outs of mm-hmm. plastics and headlights and cluster instrument clusters and some of the stuff that they did. And I think I shed about 35 to 45 pounds off of it. So it's pretty zippy and all of your weight is on like up over the bars. Up. It's, yeah. it's very top heavy, yeah. um, which I like in a bike because I'm used to riding the XR, which I feel is, it, it makes the. Up in my tank, yeah. yeah it makes it makes it more flickable in my opinion mm-hmm. it's it's much more responsive and i like bikes that actively don't want you riding them so <laughs> has, this, has this bike restored yeah. your faith in it now with this this with the mod um so i feel like my faith might be restored <gasps> when i get the nitrous kit what no <laughs> nice. no. Oh my no so they also sell a nitrous kit a micro burst nitrous kit and i feel like that may or may not be arriving in the mail sooner than later how much horsepower does this add double i don't i don't know if there's like an actual um an actual number because i think it's bike dependent and how much Mm. it's it's more just like you put it on i don't really give a shit how much horsepower it adds i just want to be able to put fucking nitrous through my bike what if (laughs) what if the nitrous kit is just a bunch of monster stickers it's not. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's yeah, if it was if it was that then they would say just a box of mo- monster stickers. Um but they do have a microburst nitrous system um as well which I'm definitely on on the feet to ordering. Um I've seen other nitrous systems that I was looking at like nitrous wet kits um but it's really hard to find places that will fill that amount whereas this system uses those itty bitty um like air softing canisters the ones mm. where you see in the back alleys where people are doing a shit ton of whippets so i love whippets <laughs> so if i get fun. pulled over an officer is just going to be like oh you're taking the long, wrong life turn here like you need to <laughs> this, <laughs> is, you, this not is my is real gateway drug <laughs> um so it'll be a lot less um Kinky, uh, and it looks very inconspic- inconspicuous as well on the handlebars. It's actually a contained tube, so anybody who knows a lot about motorcycles may or may not know what it is. But anybody who doesn't, like hardcore jerk off to Craigslist porn pics, um, <laughs> won't know what it is. So you I know, won't have an issue. You with could that. just <laughs> attach a couple old uh, fire extinguishers to it and tell people. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> I'll just Just press them and then it'll come out and like that gives me extra horsepower, right? Yeah. That reminds me of something. 
I forgot to mention, when I was coming home last night, I was coming over 17, as you do, and it was yet another one of those coming over in the evening rides where you're able to, like, pick it up a notch. Mm. But here's the thing. Coming uh, down 880 through, like, Silicon Valley, there was two dudes on bikes. One was on a, a... the 701 the Husqvarna 701 yeah and the other one was on a sport bike and they were like splitting through traffic and weaving through and was kind of like fucking me up because then cars are like like, come on I you know just hold your line or you know wait were you splitting too you said no but I was like getting in lane they were they were just Taking more risks than you need to. That Traffic like, was moving seventy. You don't it, need yeah. to be. That weaving sounds through. like somebody who commutes on eight eighty every single day. Yeah. It's fine, but then I, you know, I kind of was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, yeah. <laughs> and then it became a game of like picking the right lane. Look, uh-huh. I'm gonna go all the way over to the right lane and speed up and catch up. And, uh, don't go. Don't split on know. the right lane. That's so, we, so we were doing this back and forth, but they were standing front. One guy peeled off. The other guy, though, we come up to Highway 17, and he's in front of me. So I'm like, all right. Let's, let's see. With the guy on the Husqvarna? <laughs> the guy on the 701. Yeah. So uh, he's going, and he picked a lane. He picked, there's only two lanes. He picked the left lane, and it suddenly got backed up. And I was in the right lane, so I got to just slide on by because I was just being patient. Right? And then. Show that to Johnny. Once I was in front of him, though, I just started cutting through cars, taking off, and. There wasn't that many cars, so I was able to take the turns really clean and nice. And I got into the groove, and I saw him getting further and further <laughs> and further away. And I just kind of I kept on it. I was just having a good ride in the groove, not like you know jumping through cars too much. There was a couple times where you come up to a cluster of cars, and it's like, sure. get out of the way, move, so bitch. You just go in the middle. But get um, out the way. so I stayed. He never caught up to me, but I could see every now and then I'd see his headlight catching up when I came up to cars. We got all the way down to the big intersection at the end where you know we're over near your house knock and he pulls up next to me and we split lanes through there and i wanted i wanted to rip my helmet off so he could see like yo dude you just got smoked by a gray-haired lady (laughs) oh and by the way i was listening to show tunes (laughs) (laughs) that's my favorite moment of the day when you just rally some dude and then they pull up at a stoplight and you look over and i'm like yeah bitch i'm wearing eyeliner (laughs) you know sometimes i pull up and i go hey bitch i'm wearing eyeliner too All right, so we have an update on the spring physics oh, issue. Because I'm a petty fuck. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the knock hour on springs. Yeah, I know. Ha, the All first right. thing you need to know is that cutting a coil spring will not only lower the vehicle, but it will also stiffen the spring, making the ride handling a bit firmer. Okay. Thank you. Hold on. There's a phys- I know Hold the physics on. behind it exactly, too. That is talking about a suspension spring, which has right. how many Any coils spring. in it, maybe? Any spring. Hold on. A spring is a spring is a spring. Hold yeah. on. But how many coils are in a suspension spring? Eight, yeah, maybe? It depends. Eight? I don't know. Well, if we're going by what Bagel said, that if you every spring you reduce... Well, well, here's, here, well, hang on a second. It puts more load on each spring. I, 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 I have to correct myself because I, I believe that what Nock is saying is right. Because if you think about the spring, a spring is just one wire that's wound into a coil, right? Mm-hmm. So if you cut that spring, you're cutting that distance. So... That means you have less wire that's going to transfer the the force or weight or whatever that spring is 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 mm-hmm. is supporting, and so you're going to have a less travel, and it's going it's going to be a 
translate into, into a, a stiffer response. Yeah, I think that we're dealing but, with a couple different right, physics but, laws but, here. But the difference here is that you what we're what we're overlooking in terms of the carburetor is that you've got shorter travel. Yes. <clears throat> so so I think. Wait a minute. No wait. Shorter travel. Right. Because if you cut the spring, the the well the, the uh, it's not shorter travel. Shorter, shorter distance of the spring. It's a, it's a lower height. The spring the is spring. compressed less I think that's, than it was before. Yeah. So uh, we don't know what the physics are when a spring is being compressed. Does the, the pressure the get greater or lesser? slide only moves a certain distance. Slides are, it, think of it as an upside-down suspension, though. When you yeah. take out a couple of coils from your suspension, your suspension drops. Mm-hmm. So if you take out a couple of coils from your slide, your slide will be able to jump up mm-hmm. ah, just a little yes. bit right exactly yes it's, so your it's, travel is going to change your tra- so the travel distance is going to be cut down a little bit so at, right after you give it the beans the it's going to jump up that little bit and then it because it's vacuum it'll take a second for that to kick in but she's already gone right no so the that stiffer spring, spring is like <laughs> four, that spring is like four times longer than the travel of the slide right the spring is there right. to right but when but it's it's partially compressed though when it's in the chamber right no it's fully compressed yeah it's like or really mostly compressed. Compressed. no it's not fully compressed it, it, it's, it's, it's at least like double the size it when couldn't it's slide out. up if it was fully compressed it's right okay in my exact carb since i just took it apart mm-hmm. and i actually know the answer to this <laughs> um my my spring had was about I don't know how many inches 20, is that? 20, uh, four inches. Uh, four inches. Okay, and when it was in the carburetor and fully like buttoned up and titsed out, it was like that much. It's about two inches. So it it was definitely not fully compressed since the the spring itself Mostly was like deep. It was I'd say about halfway. Okay. Yeah. Right. And I took one, count it one rung out of like a. 18 yeah, exactly. rung springs. Okay. So, <laughs> so in yeah. conclusion, we don't know nothing. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Dino knows the answer. Let me, let me, I was the, Dino Jet knows the answer. The, they told me to do it. Listen to them. They told right, me to fine. do it. That's why I did it. I don't can know I, why I did it. Can I? Can I? I'm technically correct. Therefore, I am the best. Correct. Hang on. Let me just That's jump in real quick here. I think I might know what's what's going on here because if if your spring is <clears throat> like say it's 50 percent compressed inside the chamber, like your spring went from four inches to two inches. Here's a uh, when when that diaphragm opens up fully, that's going to compress the spring all the way. So if you cut a coil off of that spring, that's going to allow that diaphragm to open up just a little bit more. It's going to open. Mm-hmm. Up. It's going to allow it to open up faster. Pretty, that's what it's yeah, faster. faster. Well, is the idea. It will be Not faster because it only has a, a potential opening, maximum potential opening of that thing. But the, but is the maximum potential opening limited by the spring? No, no it's it by a, no. But there's a clearance that uh, okay, essentially yeah. All right. Yeah, it just makes the, it makes right. the needle go up faster. Haven't we right. all been saying that it just goes faster the entire time? We've just been saying it differently. <laughs> Every, everything goes faster. No. No, you're saying the spring makes it less... Uh, all right, I'm wrapping this up. All right. I don't know. Never mind. Whatever. Hard segue. Yeah. Y'all got science. <laughs> Physics are hard. <laughs> I don't know. Do? Look, we just want to make sure that we don't give out bad info. I mean, you know. No, I, I think they, I think Dynajet is a trustworthy <laughs> source. Of course, no, get, I get it. Can we it's get fine. Neil deGrasse Tyson on here. They know what they're doing, and I, I no, just totally listen to. Cleveland I would prefer Bill, Bill Nye the Bill Science Nye. Guy. Thank you. Hit him up on Twitter. He'll answer. <laughs> All right. Tell me about All the right, springs, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Simmer down. So let's get to our big topic because I've been wanting to hear about this. We mentioned the other week that there was a mini bike endurance race, a 24 hour race. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sounds which fun. sounds crazy. <laughs> and there's a couple people we know who, who were in it. Uh, JP Hans and Foosh were on a team. Oh, J- <laughs> JP was in it. Yeah. <laughs> but also our own racer Johnny Knowles was in it. And this was your first race. 
Yeah, my back, first time. Well, basically my first time with, riding with, a motorcycle with since I hurt myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was, this, this was part of my physical therapy. Uh, so, all right, great. let's explain this because you said this is like a world-class event. This year, nobody from other countries showed up. Okay. It was a lighter turnout this year. Oh, it's usually, it, but it, it conflicted with so many things this year. Wow. Like mm. it com- conflicted with AFM, OMRA, uh, Moto yeah. America. So there were only nine teams, but there were still nine teams. Okay, it's still so, pretty awesome. Though. So explain yeah. this, like what the classes are and how this works. There are different classes for different size mini bikes. This year. Everybody brought 125s. Yeah, when normally you say mini are, bike, I'm picturing people out there on monkey bikes in trail 70s. Normally there are 50s, there are 110s, and there's you know plenty of people in each class. Um, this year, well, I take that back. One person brought a 50, and they just rode the whole time. And and what track was this at? Willow Springs Cart Track. Oh, mm. cart track. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking like the big track. That would be crazy. If this was on the big track, <laughs> they and used they're to doing do trail seventies races on six hundreds or thousands on the big track. On, on the on the big track on trail seventies in twenty four hours, you get about eight <laughs> laps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take all right. you all night to do. So you're on the car track. So that means that's really a lot tighter turns. You're not doing yeah. any straight, wide open straights. This is constant turn, 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 turn. Oh, no, there's there are straights, but. Yeah, it's it's tight. It's a small track. Right. The yeah. lap times were about a minute. Okay. And um, what were you riding? We were riding a CRF 110, which um, they, they told me it was a much better prepared bike than it was. <laughs> Let's just say that. Was it a Clubman setup with the 19s and stuff? And the, or is it like a Supermoto setup? Or what was it, had, it had street tires on it. Yeah. That was about it. Okay. No disc brake conversion. Nice. Auto clutch, <laughs> four speed. Uh, <laughs> fairings looked like they came out of a dumpster. Yeah. The, <laughs> the fork seals were already leaking before the race started. Oh, no. But it had a built motor. It's about the only thing yeah. that I'd going for it. <laughs> that's cool. It, it ran the whole time, though. Yeah. So got to give it that. It's good. All right. And so how many racers on a team? Between four and 12. Those are the minimums oh, and maximums. Wow. We had, I'll, I'll call it six and a half. Okay. <laughs> Our team was supposed to be all um, fast racer kids. But again, because it conflicted, a bunch of them went and did a, a NorCal Minimoto race. Hmm. Um, so like a week and a half left, they were looking for people. Um, and me and one of my friends was looking for a team and the event organizer hooked us up and they were really cool people. Oh, so you got on a team last minute. So six and a half people. So how long was each shift? I was riding two hour stints, but oh, I believe geez. I was the only one who was doing it. <laughs> Nobody wow. else. So wait, so you let you the said, young guy deal with it. You can yeah. you, sort it out. Is that 120 laps? Yeah, roughly. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking wow. Liza when we rode the Stockton track, and after like about five or seven yeah, laps, five or six, I'm, I'm like, like, I'm, I'm good. ready to take a break. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of adrenaline. <laughs> it's like, how long will a fuel tank last? Two hours? That's how long I'm going. Wow. Wow. Whoa, so did it really last two hours? Yeah. That must be a wow. good-sized tank. No, so, stock tank. Really? Little, little motor. Wow. And are you like getting a knee down on this? Yes. Oh, yeah. man. The knee, hard parts. Did you have to replace thing. pucks? No. 
<laughs> no, we had to replace foot pegs, though. What? <laughs> Got down to nuts. Nice. Yeah, no, they ground down to nothing. There were no more foot pegs. Wow. Wow. <laughs> By like the... Man, it was daylight again by the time there were no more foot pegs. <laughs> That's and awesome. So, like, how many tires did you guys go through? How many sets? One set of fresh tires. Okay. We at what? least had fresh tires. Yeah. Last year I showed up, the tires were the same ones they ran last year. Oh, shit. I was mad about that. I was like, why didn't you Why didn't you tell me you needed tires? God I would have bought them. They cost, like, $5. Right? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, great. So, uh... So this is not your first endurance race. No, I did it last year. Last year we won our class and we were third overall. Nice. We almost did that this year, but we just had one too many screw ups. Yeah. Hmm. If one less dumb thing would have happened, um, was it a we, technical issue or is it like a, a little bit mistake? of everything? We yeah. had three crashes total. Oh, okay. Um, I got it during one of my night sessions. The taillight kept going out. Uh, yeah. I got black flagged like three times, and oh, that damn. so that that wasted a ton of time. And finally, they they just put like four battery powered lights on my back. <laughs> <laughs> nice, that's awesome. Whatever works, man. <laughs> Any port in a storm, man. So, tell me what's going through your head when you're doing 120 laps. How are you staying focused, or is this why you're a racer? Is this what makes a good racer? Somebody who can just lock in. I endurance racing is my thing. Oh, mm. really? I can just. I'm really good at finding that pace where I'm not risking too much and I can keep it keep it consistent and keep it going for as long as I have to. Have you considered um, an iron butt? I mean, just I've done it for a friend. I've done it. I All did right. it. I did a thousand miles in 16 hours on an See, RC. I told you. Nice. I told you. Do it in 16 hours is better. Yeah. But no, I wouldn't recommend it. It was all bad. Yeah. Don't do that. It was all bad. Yeah. Like, speaking from experience, like, it sounds all good, but no, it wasn't. By the time you're done, you're pretty shagged out, I'm sure. Yeah, no. Especially on an RC8. No, say, actually, the RC8 is like, really? to me, it's like the most comfortable bike ever. Wasn't it the one where you were sleeping in some dude's pickup truck with a heater? So, half, th it was during wintertime. So, wow. ha I got to Portland. And I stopped, and I realized that I was hypothermic. Oh, damn. <laughs> wow. that's, not, that's not good. Um, no. Yeah, so, like, I, I stopped at a Burger King, and this guy started talking to me about my bike. And I, like, he was talking, and it sounded like wah, wah, wah. <laughs> oh, and, no. like, I just sat in his truck with the heater on wow. for, like, 45 minutes. So even, like, with that included, yeah. it was still 16 hours. Well, wow. I guess it's kind of similar. I mean, Paul, you just rode through the night. How did you stay alert? I just did the brakes pretty regularly. Every time that I would start to feel like I was nodding off, um, I would try to find something like a rest stop. One of the great things about Oregon and California is that they have rest stops yep. very regularly. And, uh, and I realized that when I stopped in Portland, I stopped at a brewery and had a brat and a beer. It's one of my favorite places. Mm -hmm. And then went on. And I realized that I was trying to do it in two-hour stints. So I uh, actually stopped in the middle of Oregon. And I don't recommend drinking and riding. However, I was having one beer every two hours as a way to get me to, <laughs> to like get off the bike and to, and to spend 20 minutes not doing anything. Because if you can actually take that little bit of time... Hmm. 
then when you get back on the bike you're not sore anymore and you're ready to go for that amount of time so is this what tactic you use johnny one no, beer every two what hours I, did, <laughs> um, I didn't even get off the bike i just pulled my card out of my pocket like slid it dumped some gas in and went but what i did is i left at like 10 o'clock at night no i meant on the track Oh, for the endurance race, just <laughs> a, one beer every two hours. For the record, he uh, f- he also went for two hours at a time, and uh, he rode at night. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this race, like one of the things that gives this that race a lot of character is like sometimes the uh, like generator will run out of gas and the lights will go out in one section of the track. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, so this I love world it. class event. Yeah, I love and, it. And I was on the construction crew putting up the lights. <laughs> that, Great. That tells you anything. Uh, so, but by that time you've done like a thousand laps and you can just do it with your eyes It's like me on Highway 17. You just... Yeah. By yeah. memory. Yeah. Like, I, I can feel the so, turns. I got a question for you. Uh, what kind of physical issues did you have to deal with? Oh, Your hands yeah. going numb? I mean, uh, well, have you seen cramping at all? <laughs> I mean, uh, not know, like really. That. Yeah. Not, nothing in particular. Okay. No, that is a good question, though. Has your nub healed, or was there any tenderness there? There was. I kind of, I, I practice, I messed around with wrapping it, yeah. um, like, a week in advance, uh, and I like got, because I'm still, yeah. like, doing physical therapy mm-hmm. with it yeah. and stuff. Um, does it do, do you have phantom limb? Yeah, does it feel like no, it's still no, no, there? No, no. Doesn't they, uh, there. since, like, the rest of it was intact and the nerves were intact, yeah. what they do, they, they modify the nerves uh, so what? that you don't wow. okay. have that. Um, since I didn't just straight chop it off right. and the nerves to the end were there, yeah. like they had more to work with. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Interesting. Um, I didn't know they could do that. Okay, back, but I, of off the nub, back to the race. I didn't have... Nothing in particular stood out. And I, okay. I was kind of surprised because I've been... Uh, I've stayed in shape, but I'm like, wow, I'm I'm in way better shape than I thought. But well, it was a good way to gauge that. But that seat yeah, is not uncomfortable. I mean, that seat is no. not comfortable. No, it is it not. You, it gives you a and wedgie. You, you had to ride that bike in like a weird body position. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the one of the guys that was there told me I ended up in like the same type of body position as the guy who owns it. Yeah. And I thought that was hilarious because <laughs> I was in this like weird, awkward way of like positioning half, myself half on the, to bike. the side or something. Yeah. 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 And he was like, "No, that's like, what that guy does too." Like, I was like, yeah. "Oh, really? That like, must that must be like the the fast way." Yeah, I don't so know. Yeah, what's, the, what's only big enough for one butt cheek? Yeah. <laughs> what's your average lap time when you're doing something like that? Typically, I mean, you had to, you were able to stay consistent with your lap time. I, yeah. I'd like to know your all, including your teammates, how their um, lap times were. I was at a low one hundred and three. Yeah. Um, Mark Harper, who's another Moto America Super Sport mm-hmm. rider, he was at a high 102. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had this little fast girl, um, Jasmine Nichols, on our team. And she was in a low 102. Okay. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And so, and you had other riders too. Yeah. And they, so. Did it get as sophisticated to a point where you were timing sectors at all, or is it just like you're just going lap times to stay consistent or. Just, just lap times. Yeah. Okay. There's no sector times. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Did you personally crash? No, I did not. Ah. Nice. Um, Mark did, but in his defense, it was towards the end of the race when 
the fork seals at that point were just <laughs> spewing oh, oil all over the tire. Oh, no. So I kind of don't really blame him. Yeah, that like, sucks. I, Nobody tied a rag around the fucking seals at all? or Oh, we wiped it every time we came in, but it was a mess. <laughs> yeah. They were like standard right side up forks, right? Or they yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, surprisingly, the the bra- the drum brakes worked until the last hour. <laughs> yeah. I thought we would <laughs> run out of brakes. I thought we would be done with brakes yeah. after like an hour. Oh, wow. man. Wait, that has front drum brakes? Yeah, it didn't even have a disc brake conversion. Oh, my yeah. god! I was like, this sucks. We're not Wait, even going to be able to stop. What year was the CRF again? I have no yeah. idea. They're all the same. Yeah, right? yeah, that's true. Okay, so tell us about, like, the other teams. So you guys are competing. Did you, were you guys in the lean? Were you behind? What was the competition like? We yo-yoed quite a bit. So the, the race is a Le Mans start, and they elected me to do it. Oh, shit, um, you got to run out there? Yeah, yeah. It? Oh, it, it's awesome. Yeah. And I, I lined up like one spot over from where we were supposed to and just ran like across the guy next to me's line because I like I I was battling with him yeah for like a lot of last year's race yeah yeah no and he realized what I was gonna do like right as I did it he's like oh god he's like tripping over me (laughs) that's great that sounds yeah. like a really fun kind of time. It's awesome. Yeah, it's and like it's really kinda... friendly to non-racers also right. because it's it's mini like bikes. It's borderline hooligan just yeah. below the yeah, okay. So you've got a mix of like yeah. a lot of fast guys come out cuz it's it's a lot of fun, yeah. but then like you know somebody who's just a track day enthusiast has never raced a motorcycle can right. go out and rub elbows with people like that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It's very grassroots, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Did cool. you have anyone on the track that you were like having a good race with? You know those moments when you kind of like going side by side with somebody and you have some hot moments? There was one point where um one of the Groms Oh, there's Groms. Yeah, no, Groms oh, are popular. So I'd like to know what yeah, and also what were the other bikes? Gr- there was like a Honda is like an NSF 125. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um there were two or three Groms, um, like TTR 125s. Um, there was a KTM. Um, it was like a 125 two-stroke chassis that they put like a DRZ 125 motor in. Oh, wow. So it was a full-size bike. <laughs> um, and that I thought was awesome. But there was also the... Have you guys seen the Beta 125? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a full-size dirt bike, but there, it's a 125. They had one of those with Supermoto wheels. There's no derbies? No. no I would think so. I've seen derbies on the kart tracks before. Okay. Like the 125 engine, and it looks like a full-size bike. Okay. I've never seen one of those. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what that is. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if they still make those, but... Well, it doesn't yeah. matter. You doesn't matter. Wait, wait. Yeah, doesn't Charlie own one? A derby? Yes. A derby. No. Yes, no. he does. What? Yes. Really? I'm pretty uh, sure he bought a derby 125. He buys oh. all kinds of shit. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's a little too strong. <laughs> so, um, how did you guys do? We yo-yoed back and forth between... Um, we, we were in fourth overall and first in class most of the race... Um, later on, one of the teams that was ahead of us most of the time started having mechanical trouble, so we mm. passed them, but then a, another team passed us. So we were battling with them for like the last 14 hours is when wow, they got close man. to us. Um, and in my, was supposed to be my last stint, 
Um, we ended up like four laps ahead of them, and then Harper got on the bike and got like two more laps. Um, but then he crashed because <laughs> the fork seals. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that ate up our lead and then we were on the same lap as the team we were battling with Mm. we were like okay we got this we're gonna put jasmine on the bike for the last hour she's faster than give it to the girl yeah Yeah. and like we're still good um but she got like heat stroke or something like a half an hour into her session so we're all we're all watching and she rode by and she gave us a signal for like i need to get off Hmm. Um, and we were like, "What was oh, did, was that? Was that what I think it was?" And the next lap, she she did it again. Like, oh my god, no! Oh, man. <laughs> we didn't even have anybody suited up, ready oh, to go. No. I oh, no. I sprinted from the stands, and I've never gotten dressed so fast. Ever. Wow! Like, <laughs> I I like leapt from the stands and just landed in my leathers practically. Wow. <laughs> Wow. That's crazy. So I, so I started and finished the race, which is kind of neat. Yeah. I know that you would probably race anything, but have you ever considered racing a scooter? Because apparently Bagel has done this. I you have. could do it. Yep. Yeah. Um, there, there, There is scooter racing on kart tracks, including Willow Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I participated in a scooter endurance race. Nice. Uh, not just not the can- scooter cannonball run, but it was a race in the city of San Francisco. Uh, called- oh, Treasure Island. No, no. This was in the city. Uh, it was called the 24 Hours of Rage at, yeah. huh. at, at the Scooter Rage Rally many that's, years ago. That's a cool fucking name. Yeah, <laughs> and and we we rode scooters. We had we set up. You know, everybody had set up teams, and we picked a bike and we rode a bike for 24 hours. And we just switched out riders every two or three hours. This is insanity. And I did like I don't know two or three uh, shifts on on the bike. That's including awesome. The you guys like talk shifts like it's like a job. Just yeah. just go to my job. Yeah. I rode, my by bike. the way, I rode like almost nine hours total. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, and it was it was fun. We just we had a route that we had to go through the city, and I rode it in like the afternoon, like the middle of the night. Wait, and was in this the morning like sanctioned? No, no, it was like <laughs> oh, totally this is even really. cooler. Is, totally outlaw. Is anything what? a scooter sanctioned? But, but we were riding scooters, so nobody noticed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Wait dude. a minute, but were you wearing flip flops? No. Okay. No, no, we were we were geared up. Well, then people might notice you. Dude. Yeah. But there were some people who crashed. You know? <laughs> I have a story about this. Oh, no. What? <laughs> I was, oh, my God. I was riding the other day, and I fucking saw this guy on a scooter. Uh-huh. He was, like, full geared out, except for he was wearing Argyle socks and, like, loafers. Ah! But he had nice. high vis. He was like a high vis warrior. Oh, but he had argot like, and you could see the socks all the way up because his little, <laughs> his little leg pants had like um, his little leg pants. Uh, what's that? The the elastic, and they were like stuck up on his argyle socks, oh, and no. he was all like wonky. And he, oh my god, perfect. it was beautiful. He was perfect. on the way to the golf course. It was the best thing I think I've ever seen in my entire life. He was like a high vis warrior with like a side business note. <laughs> <laughs> It's beautiful. That's great. So are you planning on doing this race again next year, Johnny? I hope so. It usually conflicts with things. Um, I've gotten to do it the last couple years. Um, But I I love this race. It's just so weird and has so much character. 
So if you could have your your pick of the bike, what bike would you ride on? I would really like to be on a full-size supermoto. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a lot easier to handle, but probably either that or a TTR, just something big enough to move around on. Right. I have a TTR. Mm-hmm. Mm. There you go. Let's <laughs> let's fuck it up. Jim's Bring got it. a TTR. <laughs> <laughs> It's got a tow bar on it. There's a, there's a, there's <laughs> oh, a and by the way, you know, shout out to Sasha and Katrina, like the actual construction crew for M1GP. Yeah. Because they, they did a lot of hard work. Nice. You know, Jim wants to get into racing on his TTR. Mm. So. Yeah, you also you have go. a TTR. Now that he's working now, yeah. looking sexy as fuck. <laughs> you don't even need supermoto wheels. You don't need none of that. What? Just put decent tires on those wheels and I, you're you're good. I just put my cape, my cape on. Good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's all you need. Just a cape. Yeah, just a cape. That's it. Um, so you have something else coming up too. Another race coming up. Yeah, the CVMA Winter Series is starting up. Is um, that the Country Music Awards? No, what is that? <laughs> uh, it's, the, it's the Winter Race Series down at Chuckwalla. Okay. So they run the track in a couple different configurations, basically just backwards and forwards. So this is a real race. Yeah. So this is a rain uh, real bikes. Yeah. What this is you, a rain or shine situation winter. Typically, uh, does it rain down there in the winter? It did once last yeah. year. And what are you riding? A 390. <laughs> I'm okay. making the first round on a 390, and okay. we're probably going to... Because I'm building a 400 for Moto America. Okay. So that was a what nin- I was supposed to be doing this year. A Ninja 400. my season kind of... Stopped before Isn't that it what a lot of people are going to be riding? The Ninja 400s? Yeah. It's the, new class the bike, now. right? It's pretty much the bike. Yeah. I mean, uh, so the, the KTM 390s are out and the Ninja 400 is in? The 390 is viable only if you get the like the race package one. Mm. Uh, it is not the same as a regular 390. Yeah. Basically, if you have a spare motor, so when the first one blows up, yeah, well, and so it's also a really expensive option. I was going to say, the cost yeah, is probably just, a lot greater. It's, the cost is preventative for that. Um, so you're going to be racing, and uh, this is your first wheel race on a real bike. Yeah. Are you are you, are you ready? Yeah, I'm excited. And do you have more races coming up this year, or uh, did you kind of take the, the season off because of the injury? Pretty much took the season off. I mean, this, the Winter Series is basically next year starting. So this now, is this is my next season starting. Right I realize now. we didn't mention recap for those who don't remember. Racer Johnny Knowles has been here before and came in to tell the story of when he crashed. It wasn't a big crash, except that your finger got trapped between the handlebars. Yeah, and the road crushed a couple of my fingers and ended up having to lose one of them. And you know, you probably would have been back in the saddle sooner if they had just given up on the finger and removed it then. Yeah, it's one of those things. Do you try and lose the season? Right. If I had known then what I know now. Uh, I definitely would have just amputated it right away, but it it wasn't a waste of time because I didn't want to lose it, you know? (laughs) No, that's smart. To be fair, you didn't lose the whole finger, though, too. True, true. There's still, like, half of it. There's a nub. Well, it's enough kinda, to diddle with. It's yeah. kind of burly too. I mean, come so on. What did you do we with know the, uh, we know what you're left with. What did you do with the leftover <laughs> nub that uh, that they took off? Everyone asks that <laughs> <laughs> because the whole monkey's fr- paw thing was. They a situation won't let you have Wait, your own body no, parts. I've tried. Fr- your friends Sometimes wanted to make a fucking dream I mean, catcher out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Henry was there for that conversation. I, one of my one of my really good friends, Jay, Jay's performance in Modesto. He like wigged out on this reddit post oh and God. wanted the 
end of my finger to like mummify it and do something stupid with. It could be oh one God. of those things like like you got to take a shot with Johnny's finger in it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> tequila. I don't want any of that. Only, only in Baja. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. Oh my Yeah, he was he was on this Reddit post where he's like, oh, you just got to get this sealer and do this and that, and it like basically mummifies it, and yeah. then you know you can do whatever you want with it. Wow. <laughs> None of that sounds good to me. Ancient yeah. Egyptian secret. Make a fucking nightmare catcher off. Your and finger. he was like calling me every day, like pissed off that I wasn't gonna like make an effort to keep it. I gotta say though, it's uh, I gotta point out that it is his ring finger. Yeah. So married to the game. Married to the game. <laughs> thought it was kind of convenient, but there's still half of it left, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you got you got to run in the shocker now, yeah. I know that's yeah. exactly and what's happening. Yeah. Nope. Oh yeah. All that. That's All right. So terrible. I want to I want to see what kind of uh, biker you are, what kind of morals you have. So you okay. guys earlier we're talking about um, the Moto Two, the brake lever incident. Oh. Yeah. That that was. It was that, that was so blatantly not an accident. So, can you describe what happened? Um, it was Fanati, right? Fanati. I don't want to get this wrong. Yeah, the uh, the guy who did the incident was Fanati. I forgot who the other guy he did it to was. Right. But they came out of a corner. They're going into a straight, mm-hmm. and uh, Fanati, I think, had a slipstream, but he was running parallel to the guy that's just ahead of him. He gets up to him parallel, side by side. Oh, hold on, Jim's leaving. Say uh, bye. Later, yeah. Jim. Bye, Jim. Adios. See you, Jim. We're leaving too. Oh, and Justin oh. and Cat are leaving. I left it's, all my letters bye. at Jim's house. Sorry. <laughs> bye, Justin and Cat. Bye. Bye, guys. Double, triple audios. Uh, And then we're talking about Fanati. Yeah, so anyway, Fanati looks over to the guy that he's running parallel to and he's trying to pass him and he fucking reaches over and it takes him like a half a second. Yeah, he like feels around for the brake lever and then just squeezes it. Yeah, and he just basically applies the other guy's brakes and he he did it in a way where it was violent enough where the guy got a little bit of head shake. I mean, he didn't crash. Yeah, like locked the front tire for a second. Yeah, yeah, and... uh, Oh, here's the video. It's crazy. It's all right. So, John, like, Johnny, cool or not cool? Definitely not cool. Definitely you not should cool. not try to kill people with <laughs> yeah. their brake lever. Is it one of those things that's only not cool because he got caught? No, generally not. Cool. I can't imagine. Uh, I I can't imagine myself getting into a mindset where I would want to do that to another racer. Yeah. I mean, there's there's oh. battling and there's adrenaline. But yeah, I mean, there's like it's yeah. like yeah, like there's battling and adrenaline and uh, wanting to beat the other guy. But that's yeah, like a level of sociopathy that you don't. Th- and yeah, this is I not, can't imagine. This that. is not yeah. like the their bikes rub. No, he looked over, no. saw it. It was reached very over, grabbed and squeezed. So yeah. this incident is so bad that it's actually making the rounds. Uh, in different motorsport like new circles typically when stuff happens in gp even like crazy high sides they don't it doesn't get published and it just kind of stays in the realm of uh gp motorcycle racing but mm-hmm. this is going on different like forums um canepa years ago there was that video with canepa where it looked like it looked like he hit somebody's mm. brake lever Yep. Uh, and he that. got tried for attempted murder for that. Yeah. yeah. Wait, Bruce? Um, no, no, no. Different no. Uh, What's oh, okay. his first name? I forgot his name. But Nicola Canepa. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, Italian, right? Like, yeah. yeah, and it, it was an accident in that situation. Wow. Like it, and But he actually had to go to court and prove that. Yeah. So I'd, I'd be interested to see, you know, since they set that as a president, uh, yeah. uh, what happens with this? Precedent. So, 
All right. Yeah, but so the, the so you uh, say no, not good. Don't do it now. De- definitely no murdering fellow. Different racers. scenario. Yeah. Let's say <laughs> we're not Thunderdome. Let's say we're yeah. down the street in the parking lot doing a slow race. Do you reach over and touch Oh, for sure. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> there we go. There why, we go. Why the brakes? I just started hitting the kill switches. I'm yeah. like, fuck you, man. You ain't going nowhere. Yeah. 100% pure okay. allowable game. Like, well, that's with your friends, though. You're doing less yeah. than 50 miles an hour. You're not exactly. doing 100, like 50 miles an hour, where if you reach yes. over and grab somebody's brake yes. lever, that can kill them. Yeah. If you can slow race... And hit somebody's brake lever at the same time. You win. You win. <laughs> yeah, that's how that that the rules the rules are in place. That that's how it goes. So it's yeah, down. the guy apparently is. Uh, <laughs> this is he got a two race suspension, and from what I heard, I don't know if this is true or not. Is he's already been fired from? I'm team, sure. From what I understand. Yeah, yeah. You don't. Your team does not want to have that. You know, associated no. with them at all. No. So I wanted to uh, get to know Paul a little bit better before he falls asleep. Because he, he, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting rough over there, isn't it, Paul? You're hanging on by a thread. I'm doing okay. Adrenaline works. Where, are you crashing? You're welcome to crash here tonight if you need. You, you can just go back on that couch. <laughs> so um, let's uh, talk about how long have you been riding? Well, I started out with a... A little Suzuki that had an 80 frame, but it had a 120 engine in it. And uh, my parents had a little bit of property, so we kind of had a little dirt track there with a go kart and stuff. So growing up, I always had that. And then when I was in my 20s, I was at a garage sale up the street, and they had a XS650 that someone had wrecked through some of the trees in front of their house that were <laughs> privacy trees. And the guy was oh, the guy was drunk, and so he signed the he signed the title and said just don't call the cops and left. Well, the the guy <laughs> the guy that had the, shit. So the guy that oh uh, for the owner of the yard. He he gave the owner of the yard his title, his signed title. And he said wow. I can't have oh, another. Wow. He said I can't have another. Uh, you know I can't be arrested for this again. That's fucking and hilarious. Left. And so wow. the so the owner of the yard is like, hey, um, I just want the money for my trees, and so he <laughs> sold it to me for fifty bucks. Wow. And he had already tried to spot weld over the tank, so like he'd put gas in it, and it, yeah. it would just like come out everywhere. So I, for for fifty bucks, I went home and rebuilt the carbs and went through it all. And then, so through my early twenties, I rode an XS six fifty for a couple of years. Awesome, was That's it stock? Awesome, it was stock, and it had I like a, a stock XS. It actually had like kind of a maroonish purple gas tank. Was the one that I could find to replace it, so everybody would call me like Purple Rain. <laughs> and, <laughs> And so then, uh, That's awesome. so then, uh, but you know, back, this is back before the internet was what it is today and it had some electrical problems and I didn't have the wherewithal to sort it out. And so I ended up selling that bike. And then uh, a couple of years ago, I ran into, um, a guy that was selling a CB 350. I guess it'd be like seven or eight years ago now. And, uh, the person had thought that it was going to be a chopper and they put on six inch extended forks <laughs> and ape hangers on this poor little Honda. And it, this was years before because oh, this was the around. 70s this was the late it was 70s probably done then yeah. yes and so i uh, i ended up uh, turning it into a little cafe and blacked it out and i had to go through the entire electrical system tear it all down uh scrub everything down mm-hmm. and paint it and go uh redo the engine after i figured out that it can't quite do 100 without blowing up and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so i have that and then people started giving me motorcycles so now i have a bunch of old motorcycles um and i have a v-strom oil v-strom that is how i got here and uh, i actually rented it out through 
Twisted Road. Yeah, he's had a bunch of rentals. Yeah, so I actually got the money uh, this year to get a down payment for my next bike, which is Isn't going, that awesome? I'm going to wow. get a Super Cub with my wife's blessing. So hey, Yeah, nice. One of the new ones? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Hey, just curious, where'd you hear about Twisted Road? Uh, right here, hey! obviously. Hey! You hear that, Austin? Excellent. Well, so yeah, That's I, great. Yeah, so, I, so I've been riding that long, um, and then I decided uh, to uh, last... Thursday, I was planning on hitting the Canadian Rockies and heading up north, and I went to look at the final forecast uh, before I left on my trip, and I had everything packed and everything, and I saw that there was a weather front that was moving in that was much more serious than what I had anticipated. So rather than heading out to Glacier and north, which was my plan, I completely scrapped it and headed south instead because there's a little bit of the coastal highway that I haven't done. Nice. And starting here, actually. Awesome. So, I am going to ask you, you know, the question now, right? Oh, boy. I I do, yeah. Yeah, here we go. So, what is your up-the-butt bike? I, I've actually got a couple of options here. So, um, oh, okay. There's, well, then. Yeah, there's yeah. a there is a picture of my grandparents who are super religious and didn't even own a TV until they were much older. And you know, wore my grandma wore the the uh, denim skirt and and the that went down to her ankles and the button up white shirts. And, uh, and you know, my grandfather always dressed like a cowboy and very very <laughs> conservative. And there's a picture of them from right after World War II with him and her both on a Harley. Wow. And so if I That's could dope. if I could find the pick uh, a Harley that was the same as that one that the family owns, I I'd have to give it up. And then the other one um there is a motorcycle museum up near me that's actually out of uh, uh, a little bit east of Tacoma, Washington, and they have a, uh, I believe it's like a 30s era Indian scout with a stock sidecar. Oh, wow. And it's all unrestored. Uh, it's not pristine because it's been ridden, but it's there and it's all in good shape. It's beautiful. Well, I like your choice of, of up the butt bikes because one, it's this is something that's personal to you and the other one is just something kind of unique and beautiful at the same time i like that good one so <clears throat> bagel let's talk about the opposite of an up the butt bike i've got well it's a craigslist porn pick and bagel i want you to review Out the butt this bike okay. <laughs> <laughs> so i was looking to do a craigslist Literally porn shit pick. It on. we haven't done one in a while and i found one and i'm not sure I'll read it to you. I'm not. Um, I'm, there's something I'm missing here. Okay. So it's a. The title is 49cc scooter, mm-hmm. $200. Mm-hmm. And. I'll tell you that this scooter, because um, I didn't print all the pictures, but it looks in pretty decent condition. And it's going to be deceiving. Right. So it says, <laughs> 2008 49cc street legal scooter. Uh-huh. Scooter is an offshore brand. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Odometer says it only has five miles on it. <laughs> is that when the odometer broke? <laughs> tires, the bike broke? tires are like new, so five miles on the odometer reading might be correct. Maybe. This scooter was given to me. A friend had it sitting on the side of his house under a tarp for the last few years. Scooter does not currently run. Battery is dead and needs a little work to get running. Engine does kick over. Uh-huh. I have the title. 
uh-huh. $200 or we'll trade for a Pitbull uh, yeah. motorcycle stand. For the record, I've never seen <laughs> I've never seen Bigel this incredulous about a motorcycle before. Yeah, That's I, I, what I, I, Zongshen I, province did this come from? Yeah. Is it possible somebody bought a Chinese scooter and got five miles on it before it before I think it I think they yes. pushed it five miles after it fucking took a <laughs> no, shit I, on I, him. I think Bagel's right because yeah. in, later in there, they say that it might actually have only five miles on it due to the tires. So right. I think this person might know that this, that the it is broken. The odometer does not work at well, five miles. Yeah, I mean... It, the, it's, the wording is pretty suspect. In yeah, there. I mean, it could be anything. It could be the odometer and it could have broken in five miles. Who knows? The fact that he wants to trade this for a motorcycle stand... Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty telling. Liza, if you want to go to Burning Man and take a bike there <laughs> yeah. to turn into a mutant vehicle and, uh, and you want to tinker with this thing to get it actually running so that you could ride it, by all means do it. She's got a couple already. But this is not something you want to actually I'm I'm curious about this five miles on the odometer on a <laughs> yeah. 10-year-old Chinese scooter. It yeah. would be more reliable if you put a lawnmower engine from Home Depot into this thing. <laughs> Yeah, Five I mean, this is miles, and and this is this is a ten, a two thousand eight. This mm-hmm. is this is when the Chinese scooters were first hitting the market, like like coming in by the container load of like unapproved. I, you know, this one says it's street legal. I, I, is, is it really though? Is it? Is well, it's it got actually, title, so which means I there's mean, registration. Somehow, yeah, somehow they got it through. I mean, I, I would wonder if it even has DOT approval. But should I go buy it? Uh, if you want to, more power to you, but don't ask me to help you work on it, because I don't know. I'm just fascinated by, is it possible that either the odometer crapped out at five miles, or the bike crapped out at five miles? Do you, you know? want to find out? And they usually come with at that many miles on the odometer already. So yes to both. It is possible. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you, you could be buying a bike that or, just, you know, somebody got it. And, and never wrote it, it. And never wrote it. And the battery died, and they never got around to and putting a new battery just needs in a it. carb clean. Maybe. <laughs> and, and it might run perfectly. That's for, what I'm saying. This for, might be the one. For 100 miles. <laughs> Offer him $75. Is it, well, Liza, is it, is it worth it? <laughs> Would it be worth it to you to pay two hundred miles or two hundred two hundred dollars to ride this bike a hundred miles? <laughs> no, no, off, I'd rather get a bus pass. Offer them a uh, <laughs> okay. hopper freight. How, uh, do you like to gamble, stand. Liza? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I also, when I see things like this, I start to think about the story. Well, you know, why would somebody have a bike? Put away stored with five miles. That, was there got a tragedy? A, would be interesting to know. It's was got a pretty a dope looking. Did somebody buy it, it for their wife but, who never rode it? Yeah, but Liza, you know, I have to say, uh, Kimco made a scooter called the Bet and Win. I would say, <laughs> I would say that name is much more appropriate for this bike. The Bet and Win, <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> All right. Well, let's cover some emails here. Knock. Okay, I got one called <clears throat> Gear, Social Responsibility, and Patriotism. Because this, this one is, is a good topic. Yeah, this one's from Aiden Vale. Uh, it's, it's a long email, so I'm going <laughs> to paraphrase. Um, this is in regards to Z Traveler and how she oh, likes yeah. to uh, ride uh, generally without a helmet and dis- well, general disdain for helmet laws. She wears, she wears a cheap um, halfy helmet that says what helmet? Fuck helmet laws. Fuck helmet laws on yeah. it. She's she thinks that this is her right. Yeah, and I would say probably the majority of Americans agree with her. Yeah, and uh, Aiden l- heard that podcast and uh, after hearing that uh, he or she. This person uh, made me think about the AtCat debate. Uh, most, or many, or all, 
of the proponents of a going helmetless, gearless, cite their personal freedom as justification, claiming that they can do whatever they want. It's their life. However, <clears throat> Eden says, uh, there's a fundamental flaw in this stance. It is a fact that no person is an island. Our actions have consequences beyond what happens to ourselves. And we have a responsibility to society, at the very least, to uh, not to burden it if we can avoid doing so. The idea of social responsibility seems to be something that those that ride with crappy or no gear are willfully ignorant of. And, uh, and going a little bit further here... Uh, and I, I guess... I mean, should we talk about that? I mean, I mean yeah. It well, is a good point, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, this is the debate, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, should people have the right to choose, or yeah. should they take, accept the responsibility? Because you have to wear seatbelts in cars. Well, Why you're, should you're, you not have to wear yeah. at least a helmet on a motorcycle? Yes, Paul? I have uh, my grandparents on both sides really come from a long history of volunteering and on my father's side they helped out at an adult home for people that had mental injuries mm-hmm. and we're talking about people mm-hmm. that had something happen to them oh, like as, brain injuries and yes stuff? Yeah, okay. yeah and that happened as teenagers mm. and they live out the rest of a very full life uh, being taken care of by many people Mm. and it's very expensive you've got a lot of people that i mean yes great it provides jobs but you know what we're paying for that as taxpayers yeah you can't really use that argument because many people die as a result of not wearing a helmet and people with helmets live with a brain injury so you can't really i can use that argument because i saw literally a home with a hundred of them in it in one town because i happened to live there and so when you tell me that that it's that it, it, most people die. It's, it, with the medical well, technology the way it is today, okay. is that even true? This is a. It's actually kind of leads into this next paragraph. That I'm kind of skipping ahead. Uh, this responsibility is especially relevant if you live in a country with nationally funded accident cover, as I do. <clears throat> I've been stupid, unlucky enough to be in two accidents. Uh, the first time, my full face helmet got in between the toe bar and the back of my skull. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, so shit. reducing death to a mild concussion in second in the second i had a pleasure watching the motorway try and eat its way through my visor and and leather as it slid down the road after hitting an oil spill at 120 miles an hour oh man uh that time i walked away with a cut lip as opposed to no face wow had i not been wearing my kit uh i'd have cost the state a whole heap of money through skin grafts and all kinds of yucky stuff as it was across two accidents they didn't i they didn't pay a cent so, yeah, he's talking about now the burden of what the state or the society has to pay in order to, you know, uh, keep him whole, I guess, as it were. Right. I will say that very few people, I think, in this country have that viewpoint. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. I think it's a relatively where small they, number. They care depending. about possibly inconveniencing yeah. someone. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say um, we should repeal all helmet laws, and also, but trust that everyone will choose without law to wear a helmet can we live in that society we're living in that Wouldn't society that be great? depending on what state you're in i'm saying if everyone wore a helmet we can repeal the laws <laughs> a deal oh yeah yeah yeah. i mean if you're like a magic hand wave like <laughs> if, yeah after then, after our trip across the u.s that is not the way this fucking system works though uh-huh. right i yeah. mean it gets to to uh, about how you're willing to uh uh Engage with the social contract, though. I mean, not everybody's willing to do it because my freedoms, you know. I mean, nobody likes being told what to do, and I understand that. I fully get that. But at the same time, you're operating within the system that 
requires us to engage in the social contract. Knock and Henry. Yo. When you guys were at AMA Vintage Days, did you ride into town without a helmet? I did. I rode a helmet into town, but around AMA Vintage Days, I did not wear a helmet. Now, as people who grew up here in California have have only ridden with helmets, did it feel kind of freaky without it's a helmet? It's freaky, and it's amazing. And me, this is my personal take. I try to do that once a year if I can. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like going long distances, just like put around the block oh, yeah. yeah this feels great and scary and kind of reminds me like how dangerous motorcycling in general I can mean, be but yeah. yeah it's more of like a novelty thing around but, around the track i didn't around the track uh, around ama vintage days i did i felt fine not wearing a helmet because it's its own kind of sort of weird right. chaos but once you actually got into town a little bit and like pick up sp- picked up speed a little bit i always done the helmet when i was there this is something i think people who wear helmets most of the time feel exposed Without it, yeah, I certainly do. And mm-hmm. but people Me who too. wear them, who don't wear them most of the time, feel burdened by putting it. Yeah, on. feel caved in. Um, in. How interesting that because of our of the law here, and you're required to wear it. When you go somewhere that doesn't have the law, you still choose to wear it. I think it's interesting. Maybe that's kind of how this works, and maybe that is a good reason why we need to have helmet laws to force people to wear it so that they will feel the need and feel more comfortable wearing it. Yeah. I agree. And I'm with Knock, though. Like, I do ride around it with a helmet off sometimes, especially I we live on property, <laughs> and I'll putt around sometimes, you know, just going under 25 miles an hour. I have the burns on my leg to prove that I don't always wear uh, yeah. gear. But <laughs> at the same time, if you're going to make the argument for the social contract saying that, like, well, it's up to their personal freedom, well, at the point then when we as taxpayers and fellow human beings have to take care of you, then do we get to say no? Right. So if you're expecting us to foot the bill for it, be, uh, when you get that head in- injury, do the paramedics come out and check your insurance and say, oh, you're not covered? Right. And do they walk away? Is that the other half of that argument? Yeah. Do we just throw you in a dumpster when you're kind of like brain dead? Because like you, <laughs> you don't want took to that engage. Risk? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though. It's like it's like, um, uh, God, I had it. I lost it. <laughs> Here, bagels. Well, the thing bagels is, bagels it's like a social good. contract, though. We like if you're bleeding out on the side of the road, we're gonna fucking take yeah. care of you. Yeah, I understand this thing's based on altruism, and you, you just can't get right. the whole of society to go. Well, you just can't be altruistic because I don't need you. I guess. I mean, it's difficult. I'd imagine, but right. Yeah. And I, I think I think that's what it comes down to because I think I think the social contract argument is is an absolutely valid one. Yep. Um, but I also understand Z's position, which brought brought about this email in the first place that you know is it right for a government to forbid you from doing something in order to prevent you from harming yourself yeah um but the way i mean i'm i'm somebody who definitely believes in in wearing a protective gear while riding just because it's a smart idea to minimize your chance of injury or death um because i don't want to be injured i don't want to die i want to take whatever precautions are necessary to prevent that from happening um, and I also, because I also agree with the social contract argument, I don't want to be a burden on society if something does happen, or at least I want to minimize that possibility as much as possible. Um, so, but I think that that because in this country there is this this strain of of individualism and freedom, and I can do whatever the fuck I want. I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. You know, there there are people who will ignore that social contract because of that. And I think as a reaction to that, that's where these laws came from to say, look, we need to enforce this. If, if you're not going to agree to 
you know, to minimize the burden on society as a whole, we're going to have to write a law to make that the the norm. Yeah. And that's where that came from. Whether that's good or not, you know, that's up for debate, I suppose. But, you know, I'm going to stick with my philosophy, which is be as, as prepared as you can be for whatever might be coming down the road. Hold on. Hold on, you guys. If, 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 the, if you're forced to wear it and you get used to it and, as I said, now you're uncomfortable without, what if they just required people to wear a helmet for their first, I don't know, five years, year, whatever? And some places do that. If, if you're required to wear it. Uh, when you're on learner plates, you know, first year or something like that, yeah, are you more likely yeah. then to continue wearing it afterwards? Yes. Maybe that's the way. Maybe you earn the right to choose. Kind of like yeah. bicycle helmets here in California. Right. Kids have to wear helmets right. by law, but I don't adults agree with can that choose. One. <laughs> yeah. but there are people that are but, yeah. more accident prone. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking from that oh, standpoint. Sure. And so, like, if you... Yeah, maybe, <laughs> have maybe, you met me? Yeah, that's right. So, so maybe if you do get through five years and you don't do something really stupid, then you have earned the right. I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. maybe that is the way to go. And there's uh, one more paragraph here in regards to patriotism, but uh, social responsibility is bigger than motorcycling, of course. And in fact, into something that many Western countries, especially America, are very vocal about, patriotism. Patriotism is much more than flying the flag and pursuing found, uh, what the founding fathers' ideals of individual freedom are. Uh, true patriotism is about trying to improve the lives and standing of all those who reside in your nation, not, not just you and yours. <clears throat> Whether you know them or not, whichever religion they subscribe to and whatever skin color they are born with, your job as a true patriot is to do everything you can do everything you can to elevate all of them uh, and cost okay. the state a huge sum of money through self-centered reckless, recklessness, making your family or the nation bear the burden of your incapacitation, causing trauma to that individuals who have collected you from the scene and get you to medical care. None of the things, none of those things contribute to that. So, so what he's saying is a true patriot would wear a helmet. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's, I mean, that's, I guess it's debatable what is subjectively what patriotism means. I've seen some I, of under, these I understand where this is coming. Yeah. I understand where this is coming from though. Yeah. I've seen so. some of these accidents and like when the, the point about trauma, yeah. the like, I mean, I did firefighting for a couple of years in my neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, when you see people that you know, uh, it's not something I would ever wish on anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I've well, had. But so, yeah, sir. Oh, love yeah. from New Zealand. Uh, thank you, Aiden. Aiden. Hey, Aiden. Thanks, yeah. Aiden. We'll yes, Aiden. Emma Darling, you're a font of knowledge and a treasure, hey. us, uh, a treasure to us all. We make some decent gin in uh, New, Ze New Zealand. Don't you know? Uh -huh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just a some chakra. Cool, here. thanks. That was a great yeah. email and a good point. Thank mm -hmm. you. So I have an email from Pat, and Pat says, "Why I became a Patreon." Mm. Ooh, I like this. Hello, misfits. Let me start by saying I love the podcast. I had a 1972 Yamaha Enduro 175 back in 1982, and then hadn't had any thoughts about a bike since then. You know, the family, kids, job, the whole thing. Then four years ago, I heard about an MSF course sponsored by a local insurance company for $25. Oh, well, there you go. And, That's how they get you. And they supplied everything, including the bikes. Great deal. I took wow. it, and I was hooked. Within a week, I was a proud owner of a 1993 Yamaha Virago 750. Then a year later, a 2002 Yamaha Roadstar 1600, 
And now a 2004 Harley Davidson Ultra Classic. And I picked up a 1977 Harley Sportster 1000 to get my wrenching mm. on. Like mm-hmm. he's nice. like fast tracked. He's got like yeah. all the right things. And going plus on there. one, plus one, plus one, uh-huh. plus one. And then, <laughs> and then the uh, Harley Sportster 1000 great bike to learn a wrench on because you will be doing a lot of wrenching. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, um, I've only done basic maintenance on my bikes, oil changes, check belt brakes, but we'll be ripping into the Sportster. So Killer, in July... Dude. I rode my sofa from the Canadian border in the Upper Peninsula in Michigan all the way to Key West. Wow, went through wow. the Tail of the Fucking Dragon, nice. wheels through Time Motorcycle Museum. Oh, cool! Down the Blue Ridge Parkway, all mm-hmm. told, forty-one hundred mile trip. Nice. And went made it that much better. Anyone want to guess? What's that now? Listening to our podcast along the way. Is that he downloaded starting at podcast number oh one? Oh my god! Wow. Until he got to the latest one. Wow! Damn. Great information, Damn. fun group of people. Even though I have never met you all in person, you definitely make us listeners feel like part of the family. This bring Ooh. on more of Miss Emma's history hole. Any tips, tricks, chains, and whips? Hope to see you all at AMA Vintage Days next year. Do you have any tips on camping, eating, drink, drinking, generally making the most of it? He says I wasn't. Uh, he says keep up the great work. P.S. His up the butt bike is a 1930 Indian four. Yeah. Nice. This so, guy is a G, not because he also drove down to rode down to uh, Florida, but he listened to all our podcasts. Dude, that's <laughs> hardcore. Uh, yeah, it's pretty fucking hardcore. Wow. That's two hundred. That's like. 500 hours? I mean, doesn't that do like permanent it. damage to your wow. brain? Or I think so. <laughs> I think so. Only the only episodes with Lucas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he does a fucking Lucas laugh. Love you, Lucas. <laughs> so good. He's doing, he's doing really so, great, by the way. Balls but hey, <laughs> he wants to know, are there balls, any balls, tips balls. on camping eating drinking at ama vintage day yes do all those yes do it. <laughs> knock that is all um, you did. make sure you, make sure you, you get into a campsite like early because so here, here's the thing right. um about ama vintage days it is a very social environment oh and don't camp in the family campground so, no, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> camp, camp on like the outskirts <laughs> yeah so so there's, there's, okay. out bottle rockets and yeah. shit no and remember and they expanded into the overflow like you want to get a space early and you want to be there's two camping sections one on the left is family and they go quiet after nine and the one on the right is where the parties are happening mm-hmm. so um the thing is, even if you're going alone, don't know anyone, it's very social. Very social. There's a lot of yeah. groups of people who've got fires and barbecues <laughs> and beers. You can walk up to people and like, hey, what's going on? And talk to yeah, people. Yeah, if you want a bunch of old dudes coming up and saying hi to you, that's the place to do it. <laughs> <laughs> bring $1,000 and buy the sketchiest mini bike you can possibly thousand. find. Bring $100. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you get 10 <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but if you do show up and uh, just look for us to come and hang out, you know. Find either the Cleveland Moto guys or the Misfits. Or, mm-hmm. We're all there. But just know it's not it, It's not like a very closed off thing. Like everyone is, is handing beers to everyone. You can just walk up and down and just talk to people. Everyone's really approachable. And, and yep. it doesn't hurt to bring beer, too. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to bring beers. And it's it's just that kind of place. If you just stop and talk to somebody about yeah. their bike, you'll be talking for an hour. And Pickerington is in the middle of bumpfuck nowheres. Yep. So that's uh, <laughs> pretty much the only fun that's going to happen but for don't, a weekend. But there's an awesome Mexican restaurant just down the road. Don't have I'll a say short, that in air quotes. Don't have a short bus that for, has two tire blows, blowouts on the way to Cleveland, yeah, too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and camping, yeah, just, uh, I mean, you can moto camp there. It's in a grassy field. And the other thing that's cool is, like, 
You can just have a fire in the field anywhere you yep. want. <laughs> you can send it, fires it actually, up in the air. It actually, that actually <laughs> happened. Yeah. Uh, don't bring Chinese lanterns. Yeah, <laughs> please. All right. So, Bagel, you got an email there? I do. Uh, this is from Rich Arth. Uh, the subject says, hey, gang, review requested. Oh. And Rich says, okay, gang, with your clout and the MC community, I have a favor to ask. Okay. Clout. I, I know you like dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the Cleveland Moto Works oh, FXX yes. or FXR? The FXR is the road version. Can you guys dig up any info on reliability on this? Uh, uh, shit. Yeah. Sorry. 184 pounds wet weight, essentially a mountain bike with a 125cc motor. It is made from Chinesium parts. But for slightly over 2K, it definitely has caught my interest. Do you know anything about the dealer network? Did you see or test ride these while out at the Cleveland Rally? Thanks for the podcast. You guys are hilarious and entertaining. Rich. And what's what's that uh, FX? What is it, it again? It is the Cleveland Moto Works, W-E-R-K-S, mm-hmm. FXX, or FXR. FXX and FXR. So I, yeah. I looked these up, and they are... Okay, they're interesting looking bikes, and I've seen this before. So, um, you guys, you know, this was when I first, when we first started this podcast. Yeah, I remember there was a company in Santa Cruz that had had this Kickstarter program hmm. to build a bike like this, and what it looks like is a very lightweight. It almost looks like a mountain bike, yeah. like, like a, with a, like a small motor mm-hmm. thrown in it. It almost runs and like a trials bike. They had this Kickstarter, and the way it works is you would, I think it was like fifteen hundred bucks, you'd get the bike, but it had no motor because huh. they were not a motorcycle manufacturer. Uh-huh. They would build a mountain bike right then you would buy a honda i think it was like a 50 cc or, or, or something Chinesium motor, 50 yeah. cc motor and bolt it in yeah and you'd have this motorized mountain bike that you could whip around wow and it looked really fun and i was trying to get them in on an interview and couldn't find them couldn't get a hold of them they weren't answering and then the address changed and suddenly it was out of like mm-hmm. salt lake city or something hmm. it got very weird and then and a lot of people who had ordered them i don't know if they got them it was weird but it looked like a really fun cool bike this looks like another version of that. Like somebody else is building uh, something like Cleveland that. Cycle Works FXR. So we know Cleveland Cycle Works is right. known Mo- for making some Moto Works. Are they the ones that made Moto Works? Wait, are no, these Cleveland the same? Cycle Works. Are are they, they, wait a oh, minute. So Cycle both those companies okay. produce the Sam thing? Or wait, are, they, uh, unless unless they are they the ones that maybe imported that horrible misfit? Yes. Oh, oh fuck. So here's the thing. They make some bikes that look really cool, and they're using the Chinesium motors in them. Uh-huh. So Good when luck. you're asking about the reliability... <laughs> Are you talking about the frame or the motor? <laughs> nobody can tell you. <laughs> right. And the one thing I liked about the original bike that was coming out of Santa Cruz was that you were buying a Honda motor right. and putting it in. I think you paid like 1500 for the bike, and then the motor, I think, was like another 800 and you got a... 50cc Wait, was mo- it, mountain bike. Was it a real Honda motor? Or yeah, you would buy a motor, motor from Honda. They should, oh, okay. they should call this thing the because they Because otherwise, you're creating a motor vehicle and have to go through all these things. If they mm, were right. creating a non-motorized bike and that you could you bolt a, a, a motor onto, right? But you could buy a Chinesium knockoff motor from Honda or it would bolt sure. on as well. Exactly. Yeah, so what this is, is it looks like the 
this looks like the yeah the the kind of motors that I put in my little mini bike. They should um, uh, so it's so because it's Chinesium, no one can tell you. And the reports that we're getting from uh, Phil at Cleveland Meadow and other mechanics is sometimes you get a good one, sometimes you get a bad one. It yeah. depends yeah. on what kind of pots they mounted to make the frame. <laughs> yes, it depends on what day uh, they were working. You know, I uh, cannot tell. But the thing is, in general, um, no, they're not going to last. But mm, if you want something you're going to take out and be a hooligan every now and then. (laughs) How good are you at wrenching? Because if you can fix it yourself, you're okay. But people like Phil are probably not going to wrench on it. No, they won't work on it because they know that people won't pay what it's going to take. Because when you pay as little as you're paying for these bikes. Yeah. You know, I I don't know how much this is, but let's say this is a, you know, $1,800 bike. And when the engine blows and you get an $800 bill to put another engine in or fix it yeah they they'll people dump the bike so that's why sure. mechanics won't work on I, it. Uh, or, or you can just buy it as a dis, you know think of it as a disposable or a bike with a disposable motor mm-hmm. ride it until it dies and then put like a genuine honda motor that is the original copy from that clone back in it and yep. and then have a reliable bike so this you is a four stroke i guess Probably, yeah. yeah. So they should, they should got, call it the uh, FXR UPR. They've got this other big one that looks like a Fixer full upper. size. <laughs> so this looks like a full size dirt bike, right? It looks like a DRZ. It does. And this is uh, the the engine. It says CCW, so Cleveland Cycle Works. And mm. this is a oh, this one is a 450X. It's a lot of cool photos of people having fun on it. Um, that's the thing. Yeah, you just don't know. It's a, it's a gamble. Yeah. It's and, a gamble. Yeah. And, and so, from, from what I know about Chinese scooters, it's the exact same thing. You could get one that will ride for thousands of miles, no problems. You could have another one where the rear axle breaks only after 50 miles, like snaps in half. Like, uh, if I saw this on Craigslist for 75 bucks, I might want to get it just to fuck with it. But yeah, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just, drop two grand on it. Just yeah. remember when James got that uh, Chinesium motorcycle? Just oh, yeah. Because he knew what he was getting, but he, yep. it was a cheap, like, what did he pay? Like a couple hundred bucks, 200 or something. Yeah, and it was a dual sport and it didn't last very long before like the piston got blown out or something like, yeah, it was a and chung then he was chung. spending so much time just trying to fix stuff and oh, rebuild yeah. it that he just gave up it it's wasn't not, fun because so many it. things were breaking well, yeah. Jeremy, I think, like, levers all th- sorts of things Jeremy has that Chinese scooter which that is he, actually that he can't kill yeah exactly right. yeah and that's one of the good ones but at the same time you can get a used Honda for the same money right and that's why most people say don't buy it because people who don't have friends (laughs) to tell them don't buy it buy these yeah they look cool they look fun they look fast they look like they're a blast it looks just like another bike but but when you see them up (laughs) close they are poorly made here's the thing we all want them to be good Mm. We want them to be. We all want to have $1,300 motorcycles. Aspirational motorcycles. (laughs) (laughs) But nobody has really, you know, proven that they they last a long time. These are impulse buys. These are people who buy, you know, motorcycle at the, the yard sale, you know? That's what they count on. That's what they count on. Remember when they used to have motorcycles at the um, automotive these, store? You buy these at oh, Walmart, yeah. at man. Pet Boys. Yep. Yeah, at Pet Boys. And they yep. were like pit bikes and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Not DOT approved. <laughs> I've seen a lot of those in ditches. Yeah. And <laughs> you see them anymore? No. Nope. No. They I'm sure trashed. they were dealing with people bringing them back pissed off. Oh, yeah. So that's the thing. We want them to be good, but they have not yet been proven and they probably won't at that price range if you pay for it they'll make it but that's not the price range to make it though 
But if you find out that you can swap that motor with an older Honda, then you might be onto something. But I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. You know what? Fuck it. Try it. Tell us. <laughs> Check for forums. I mean, there might be other people that have experience with it. And if, if you're willing to, to spend that much money just to be you know, on an experiment, you know, hey, go for it. Well, remember, yeah, we're too poor to drop two grand on a bike. Right. Remember, we had the guy come through who's been riding a, a CSC, California Scooter Company, the 250. Yeah. And he loves it. And he says, yeah, I can get all the parts I need. It's no problem. Does he still love it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't have any of the bikes I had then. <laughs> either, they, you know? Yeah. Weren't they talking about on Cleveland Moto how they took apart one of them and the rear axle wasn't greased at all for like 5,000 miles or something like that? So it basically oh. been rubbed down to the hub? Oh. Well, the thing here, if it was a better quality metal, it would have lasted. That's the thing. It's, I it's that too. The metallurgy is the issue here. That's why it's a crapshoot. Well, it's, it's everything. I think yes. there were bushings in there, too, not bearings. Probably, yeah. I, I just remember a friend of mine bought one of those Chinesium scooters when they first came out that looked like a cool kind of, a, not a Lambretta or something, but it looked, it looked harkened from the 50s. It was oh, yeah. a cool looking design, right? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And she brought it over to my garage. She wanted some help because the handlebars, you could turn them left and right about five inches without the front wheel moving. <laughs> and I'm like, what the? And <laughs> yeah. she was It's a steering damper. It had, didn't even have a triple tree. Oh no! It had like a like, like a bicycle, bicycle handlebars handle on yeah, there. Yeah, that's that got it. loose, and you could turn the bars without the wheel turning. Yep. And I'm like, whoa, no, 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 no! This is bad. Yeah, yeah. That's, so that's, that's the kind of engineering you get on yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Some some are better than that, but you I know. guess if you want to call it engineering, more like fun engineering. Fun engineering. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think. Um, Johnny, I wanted to thank you for coming down and sharing the story. When you said you did yeah, doing this endurance race, I'm like, what? Well, you know what? Welcome back to the foray of racing again. I know. I what a good, thank you. you know, thank you. What yeah. a great way to get back in and, and just uh, put another badass notch on your belt there. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so, and next year, you know, if you need more racers, come around the garage. I'm sure we can throw a couple of these guys on bikes. Charlie will ride. Knock, would you ride? What now? Would you ride in the endurance race? Yeah, maybe. Why not? Who cares? Fuck Everyone it. says that, but when it comes time to actually do it, you're right. I probably happen. won't do it. You know, I, 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 <laughs> fuck that. I'll do it. I would. I would be interested in doing it if I can get a more comfortable seat. Bring a scooter out. <laughs> Put a Corvin hey, on right. your TTR 125. Is, is the, Bring the Bajaj. Is the size yeah. limit? What's the size limit on it? 125. Uh, two two have, stroke? I don't have anything that's 125. No. Four, four stroke, 125. So, like, I, maybe like a 65 two stroke. There I, have been 65s past years. I mean, I could I could, I could, could get an older scooter, but I'd have to get another scooter and not have any room for another scooter. <laughs> you need a naked, and naked elite. One. Oh, plus God. One. <laughs> naked elite. Plus one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, Bosley, what's up? Bob? So, um, and, I, and a big thanks. Settle down. A big thanks to Stop our Patreon subscribers. We've got a bunch of new ones, so yes. that is awesome. Yeah. Thank you Thank very you. much. Yeah, and all the stuff that you're sending us, it's going to shit. We have mobile recording equipment. It looks awesome. We'll show you photos of <laughs> I it. I just show knock. Like, you know, I like we've added yeah. all this stuff. I got a whole go bag of equipment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not all right. hookers and blow or handies that, in the alley. Right. You know that allows us to go out and meet Only a little people. bit of that stuff. A little bit, <laughs> little bit of that stuff. Only when Mike is around. Right. <laughs> He's the one giving the handies too. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I've got like hundreds of pictures to give you guys of the twenty-four. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Can I have one? 
good one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Francesca took the pictures. She's a listener of the podcast. Hey. Awesome. Hey, yeah. Francesca. Yeah, right. Thanks. Thank you. And um, uh, let us know about it next year more in advance. It might be fun to go mm-hmm. spend the weekend at the track. Yeah, just be yeah. pit bitch and take photos and just, you know, get drunk while these guys well, are yeah, I, <laughs> I was I, almost that. I'm going to take Paul's advice and I'll just be the beer bitch every two hours. Yeah, yeah there, there we go. go. The only question is, Paul, do you give them the beer as they're coming off the bike or as they're getting on the getting bike? Getting on. Maybe a beer helmet. There you <laughs> yeah. Go. yeah, there you go. Like right. a Hydra pack. Yeah. yeah. I can. We can do this. We have the technology. <laughs> Please don't. But or maybe the better thing we. is go around and hand beers out to all the other teams. There you go. Is, this, is this a new uh, Moto Bandito product? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's a party in the night before, too, where there's like beer and pizza. Oh, so that's where the real racing starts, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah buy shots for the awesome. other team. Awesome. All right. So, again, thank you, everyone, for listening and making it this far. Paul, thanks for coming down. Hey, thanks for having me. I, I, I hope you had a lot of fun today. It. I'm really impressed. You, I would recommend that other listeners come down and actually see this the studio. It's a phenomenal. You, you, you were concerned because the first four hours is just you and me, and I was <laughs> just trying to rebuild a, a, a soldering iron for two hours. <laughs> I was like, this is it? This is what happens? We just sit here? Yeah, pretty much. After the long ride, it was very nice to just stand for a while. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> but then, no, people started coming as they do and you jumped right in and started helping so i appreciate yeah, that man thanks for doing that yeah fit right in my pleasure awesome <laughs> cool. all right so and you're going to be heading down up north and then south and doing a long ride how long until you're back home uh i have to be back a week from tomorrow oh, to, yeah. so i've got That's all that time to go time. down to san diego nice. uh, i brought my passport in case i decide to dip into mexico just hey to say, oh. all right oh dude we'll definitely see. I like check where your head's at yeah, definitely check out the palomar mountains while you're out where are you down there? Yeah. yeah. The, the wife sent me with a list of stuff to stop in Napa Valley if I get time to go there. <laughs> yeah. And, and mail home, and then that's that. Baby, so awesome. many cheeses. So you're, many cheeses and wives. You're living the dream, man. Living it's the dream. Fantastic. I, uh, what can I say? Awesome. All right. All right. On that note, I think we're ready to get out of here. Thanks again, everyone. This is Liza. Uh, technically correct is the best kind of correct. Bagel. <laughs> Naked Jim. John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're out of here. And he listens. Cool, cool. cool.